Hello and welcome to a deep and meaningful conversation. You are listening to Anthony Brown. Now today I'd like to explore a very interesting subject. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this in society. It's the idea that there is a, such a thing as a normal person and a weird person, a normal child and a weird child. And I'm going to observe the setting within childhood because I recall working in a playground at some point in my life and I noticed two members of staff, two of my colleagues were very judgmental toward two young children who decided to play with themselves. These two children decided to isolate themselves from the rest of the group and just play the guitar, play football, play all sorts of different games amongst themselves. Now, I didn't find this a problem. I just thought, okay, they're just different. There's nothing wrong with them. They just like their own company. But apparently, they used to be very outgoing and very communicative to members of staff. But now they're just very introverted and they have decided to isolate themselves from everyone else. I don't really see this as a pro- I don't see this as a problem. I don't see a big problem with people deciding to go within themselves. Apologies there, you just heard a text message on my phone. I don't have a problem with people going within themselves and only playing with those around them who they feel they are connected to. I think that's a natural thing. That's an, a sign of maturity in childhood. When you start to develop a sense of um likeness so you now understand that okay these are the individuals that i like these are the individuals that i dislike i'm only choosing to interact with people that i like i'm not saying that i won't interact with those that i do not like but what i'm trying to say is i'm going to give most of my time to the people that i do like I'm not going to bully, I'm not going to harass or do anything to anyone else that I don't like in the playground, but I'm going to only interact with those people who I find interesting. I don't see a problem with that. Everyone, everybody does, everyone does this. You know, in the workplace, I notice that people, you know, you connect with the people who you find interesting. You know, it starts off with the energy when you sense a connection between you and somebody else, that is the stepping stone for a conversation. Then you start to talk to a person, and after that you form a friendship, and that's it. You understand that you like each other. Similarly, there's the opposite is true as well. When you don't like somebody, it starts off with the energy, because you can sense that, There's a bad vibe between you and this person next to you. And you don't really want to be around them. So when you tune into that energy within yourself, you then can understand who you would like to be around and who you wouldn't like to be around. And it starts in the playground, in childhood, in primary schools. You know, when you're able to tune into your senses, this is why... These two particular individuals, when I was saying that, when I used the example in the beginning, that there was two children in the playground where I worked, 
who decided to isolate themselves from all the other children and from members of staff. If you spoke to them, they would they would respond, but essentially they would just play with themselves. And I think that they were very intuitive children. I think that they were very um, switched on internally. They were guarding themselves from people who they didn't like. It's as simple as that. That's a very intelligent decision to do. It's a very intelligent decision to make, rather. You should only be around people who you naturally connect with. When your inner voice tells you that this person is okay to be around, that's a sign. And you can feel it even... It's not even the voice comes after from my experience. It's more the vibe. It's more the energy. When you kind of feel that vibe around someone, then you know that it's okay to be around them. When you feel that bad vibe, you know, I don't want to be around this person. And it's just that simple. You know, I know I'm just repeating myself right now, but it is, it is that simple. It's just going off that vibe, that energy. And this is where a lot of problems arise within friendships you know and within relationships where the energy is not actually coinciding and connecting and so some people are trying to force a connection or they're trying to or for example let's say let's go back to the example of the children some members of staff may try to force children who isolate themselves who have ma- who have made the con- who have made a conscious decision to only interact with individuals they like staff may say oh you know what you need to start interacting with other children because you're acting in a very weird way right now and I'm very concerned about your behavior i might speak to your parents because to be honest with you you must interact with everybody and i don't think that's true you do not have to interact with everybody It doesn't mean you have the right to disrespect people who you don't like. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have the right to only interact with those individuals who you find interesting or who you have a connection with. And it starts in the playground from the observation that I've seen and it leads into adulthood. And once you can fine-tune these these inner senses, you can then begin to understand what's good for you and what is not good for you. But what seems to happen is that when we've been manipulated by teachers, from early school years when they've told us that you must interact with everybody this leads people to then not have the discernment and to not choose wisely who they become friends with based on the intuitive knowing based on the inner knowledge 
So they're now being directed by people outside, teachers, parents, and being told and being forced to go against their own self and interact with anybody, regardless of how you feel inside. Now this is, I think this is a big problem because it leads to a sense of falseness. It leads people to behave in a false manner because they're trying to fit in. So they feel that, okay, I have to interact with these people in the playground. If I'm a child and I'm in the playground, I don't like these people, but I'm being told I have to play with these other children because I'm not allowed to isolate myself. I'm not allowed to play with my favorite friends because if I do that, the teachers are going to report me to the to my parents if they continually see if they continually observe me only being around my friends or yeah simply as that and you may say okay well no I don't see I don't really see the connection there I mean why would teachers be trying to tell children not to play with their friends it's not it's not exactly that. It's if they notice that you you only interact with one person when you're in a playground. If this if this type of action builds up and they start to observe you consistently only playing with one person, especially especially if you had a history of interacting with other children and then and then at some point you broke away from everybody else and decided to only play with someone else. Only play with one particular child. Now, if that was an observation that's been noted, then that behavior may well be reported to other members of staff within a school and to parents. And... What we can find is that this sort of criticism for not joining the group and for being a weirdo, we can find that this overlaps into the workplace. So in the workplace, if you are somebody who doesn't want to go out on a Friday night, let's say you're in London, it's very typical to go to a pub and have a drink on a Friday night as part of the culture. If you worked in an office and you decided that you didn't want to get involved in this ritual every Friday and you only wanted to spend time with some with a fellow colleague one person in particular, other members of staff might note this behavior and brand you as a weird person and then start talking behind your back and saying, have you noticed that John's been behaving really weird lately? I mean, he used to come out every Friday night 
now he's only going out with David and they you know all they do is go to the arcade or all they do is go to each other's house and you know spend time with each other and do other things but they don't tend to come to the pub or get involved with the group activities that we create you see and then what happens is that what happens is once you're labeled as a weirdo you're then mistreated within the workplace you start to see that those individuals who have agreed to brand you as a weirdo if they're in a position of power and authority above you you might be discriminated against if you perform any minor action considered wrong you know if you're late five minutes twice in a week this may build up and lead to this this disciplinary reaction because your managers seen as labeled you and has agreed that you're a weirdo this might seem far-fetched but it starts off with these little things these little things people just nitpick and find out they 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 nitpick on these little things these little bits of behavior that you perform in the workplace and then they start to form an opinion based on that and then you're branded as a weirdo or as as just somebody that's not to be taken seriously somebody who's to be ignored just because you've made the conscious decision to ignore the majority of people and just come in and do your work and go home and only interact with the people you want to interact with if you do that and choose to be a person who is independent i find you are judged heavily by the majority and unfortunately you now become an unconscious enemy of everybody else as a weirdo now i would say that it's the right thing to be a weirdo because if being a weirdo is being yourself and staying true to your inner self and staying true to the energy within you then i'm okay with that because i don't want to be trying to fit in with those individuals who are rejecting themselves in order to follow everyone else or people who know that they got this inner calling and they know that there's certain people they don't really want to be around but they're playing the game 
because they want the respect. Now, it's a choice. It's a choice. You either choose to be yourself and be branded a weirdo, or you choose to be the one who calls somebody else a weirdo and follows everybody else in the group. It's it's a simple, pardon me, it's a simple decision. You know, and it's a shame that a lot of children are harshly judged at a very young age. And I find that it's intentional because children are born with so much creativity and so much imagination. And then what happens is that when they allow themselves to express their genius at times they're being told that they are weird you are weird for being yourself you are weird for trying to find out who you are Because I think it is normal to try to do your own thing. I'm not saying don't interact with other people, but there are times when you just want to be left alone. And you just want to find out who you are. And you can see these early signs in school. I mean, for example, myself, even when I was in secondary school, I used to be that child that would... A lot of the times, wander off by myself in the playground, go within myself, even within the classroom, and not always interact with my fellow students. And that's because I was tuning into who I am. I was listening to myself. And it's a shame that by doing that, you're branded a weirdo. You're branded a weirdo for trying to find out who you are. Now that's very interesting. That's a very interesting discovery that I've noticed. And... It follows through, like I said, into the workplace and it always and it also follows through into the the friendship circle when you grow up and when you start to form these close friendships with people in college, in university, in the workplace, in your home community, you find that similar patterns of behavior and then carried over and 
people are just doing the same thing. They're just branding a group as weird. And you're either a part of the weird group in college or in university or you're a part of the accepted, the accepted ones. And what we find is that the accepting ones seem to be trying to be putting themselves in a position where they can dictate to other people the standard expected behavior. And then the ones who are weirdos are just doing their own thing. But then they're being judged by those so-called accepted people. Because they're trying to just explore who they are. Why is that? Why do people find it an issue if you try to be who you are? What is it about this world that we live in? That people don't like it when you be who you are. It's the same when you tell people, I want to, you know, I want to be a painter or I want to be a writer. And then somebody comes along and says, well, why would you, why would you want to do, why would you want to do that for? I mean, it doesn't pay. You know, why don't you be a lawyer or a banker or you know, one of these jobs in society that just pays well and it's it's an automatic career. You know, as soon as you get a qualification, you go straight into it. But nobody is trying to accept another person for being themselves. Everybody, not everyone, but a lot of people do want to tell people what to do and I don't know whether that's because they were told what to do by someone else and they just want to follow through with this same pattern of behavior you know or they have some sort of resentment for the fact that they didn't actually follow through with their own ideas and dreams and so then they feel the need to crush somebody else's I don't know if that's the you know, if that's the case for some individuals. But, you know, it's going back to the weirdo situation within this context of trying to find out your career, let's say, for example. Again, there's certain careers that are normal. And then there are certain careers that are branded as not necessarily weird, but odd or stupid or unworthy, you know, still within the realm of weird and essentially outcast and different. And if we look at these normal career goals, 
it's the typical banker, lawyer, teacher, doctor, and then the artist, actor, writer, poet. Are the raw are the are the crafts that are designed not designed, sorry. These are the crafts that are branded as weird and branded as odd or unworthy rather. And so when you decide to choose a career path that is odd, there's a lot of stigma attached to that. There's a lot of judgment from friends and family because people don't expect you to become anything you know if you if you decide to be a poet or a painter you know they just expect you to be poor for your whole life and i think that these attitudes do have an effect on the opportunities that could be available if people open their minds to other platforms and other avenues of career you know if people open their minds to other career paths and just accept the fact that everyone has a different idea of who they want to be and so nobody should try to stop somebody for tr for stop somebody for being themselves you know allow someone to express who they are and it goes back to that example in the playground when somebody is branding when an adult is branding a child as weird they're essentially rejecting that individual for being themselves because they had they have the confidence that child has the confidence to express who they are within that moment and they're being judged by an adult who is supposed to be an ambassador for humanity and supposed to be someone to look up to a role model for a child and the role model that they are being presented with is rejection judgment they're being told that they must conform to accepted forms of behavior and reject themselves because they are weird. And if they continue to be themselves, they're going to be hounded continuously and branded as a weirdo. Now, this is, this is a shame, you know. It's a damn shame. And what you notice is that anyone who is quiet within a group is also branded as a weirdo and is also branded as a weak person. Somebody who is an easy target just because they're not loud and they're not 
trying to present to everybody else that they are somebody not to be messed around with. They don't feel the need to prove themselves to anybody else. But because they don't feel the need to do this, they're an easy target. You find that a lot of bullies will attempt to suppress them, attempt to rob them, beat them up, humiliate them. It doesn't always work. In some cases, these quiet children defend themselves. And a lot of bullies are in for a great shock when they find out that just because somebody's quiet, it doesn't mean they're a wimp. You know? And this is the thing. When you have this preconceived notion of somebody else based on your idea of how somebody should behave, you run into trouble because you don't know someone until you actually get to know them. And when they surprise you, you shouldn't be shocked because I don't have to, or not me, somebody doesn't have to show you who they are to prove that they are not somebody to mess the, you know, not somebody to be messed around with. A child shouldn't have to go through this ridiculous initiation process just to prove amongst their peers that they're not someone to be messed around with. And this is not gender specific, this is within the female group setting and it's within the male group setting. Within the context of a group of girls growing up, it's the same situation. If somebody's a loud mouth, they may tend to bully a quiet girl within their social circle just to prove that they're strong among the other girls and that they're somebody not to be messed around with. Similarly, within a group setting with a bunch of boys, the same situation can occur. Now we don't need this kind of behavior. We don't need and we don't need this sort of judgment. And the way to resolve this, or at least attempt to resolve this situation, is parents need to become more conscious and teachers need to be, become more conscious and have more awareness of different type of individuals and try to promote an acceptance for difference not a conformity from everybody within a group but an acceptance of different forms of personalities so that everyone is able to explore their own self without limitation and once this takes place 
you're going to be developing the most confident, resilient children in the world. But unfortunately, this is a very small percentage within the larger group of people that carry themselves forward into the world. And what tends to happen is that children grow up and they have to heal themselves of the pain from all the judgment that they went through within the school setting, within the social setting amongst their friends. So then they need to debunk all of that judgment from those people and then make an effort to find themselves. But what it is, is, is that all of this rejection and judgment at some point in their life could actually lead to a form of depression, which then is the stepping stone for self-discovery. And once that happens, then someone is on the path to accepting who they are and trying to find a pathway that leads to their own self instead of actually following the majority and trying to be like everybody else. Now we wouldn't need that intervention process in the form of depression if from the start, from the early years of development, there was an acceptance of difference. If you were accepted for who you are, then you wouldn't have this backlog or unresolved issues when you reach your teens and adolescence. You would just go through confidently within you go through confidently into your adult years without this need to heal yourself. I'm not saying everyone has to go through this process, but I've observed that it's quite common because of this because of the situation because of the system that we go through, the system that children are put through when they grow up sometimes they go through a process of depression because they find out that their true self was essentially crushed for so many years and now they're starting to discover who they are through the resurfacing of themselves and the tearing away of the fake self. Now, this is a process that 
is necessary, the healing process is the next process, is the important process because this is the process that allows somebody to unearth who they really are and begin to express a different aspect of themselves they wasn't really used to. If I take myself for an, for an example, I recall at some point in my life, I went for a sharp turn and began to embark on a path of self-inquiry because I wasn't happy with the way things were so I was intuitively trying to find a way of being who I am and once I was beginning to do that I started to see that the happiness was crawling in and the understanding of who I am was was slowly becoming clear within myself and I was painting a picture with who I am and it was a joyful process and it's still it's an ongoing process this this exploration of self and debunking of the judgment from the childhood taking away all of the criticism of being branded as a weirdo or branded as an outcast or branded as essentially a reject or whatever it is somebody wants to call someone for not being one of the accepted ones it's an ongoing process of ongoing process of debunking that to then go into the core of oneself and bring that forth and allow it to express itself to its fullest without the concerns of others yes and I think I'll leave it there I think I'll leave it at that point where self-discovery would be the final note and I hope that this inspires people to then question their own experiences and begin to try to understand who they are through the self-discovery process until next time take care everyone